you could hear it tonight in the songs. You had to listen close sometimes, but but it's there. You, you hear it in the songs. You you can hear it in the scriptures that we're going to share, and you hear it even in the celebration of of Christmas. You you see it in some of the colors of the lights. It's always there. The noise of Christmas can't drown it out. It, it's there all along the edges of the verses, the passages that we read. It's not just about His birth. It's also about His death. And it's also about resurrection. And, and ultimately, it's not just a story we tell. It's a story that we live out. It's the story of the cradle and the cross and the crown. And the reality is, the Christmas story, as beautiful as it is, it simply doesn't stand on its own. If you, if you take the story of Jesus' birth and, and if you remove everything else from it, if, if you just leave that story of that birth alone, it, it, it's, it's meaningless. He just becomes some poor child born in, in some backwater country, uh, a world away in, in poverty, born of, of questionable parentage in a time long ago that we've all but forgotten. But, but the reality is, the story of the baby in the manger is tied to the story of the man on the cross. And that means it's tied directly to our story. It's part of our lives as well. And so if you, if you listen closely, you don't just hear the echoes of it in what we're doing tonight and, and in the songs we sing and the Scriptures that we read. You also hear the echoes in your own life. How the Christmas story fits into your own story. How the life of Christ enters your own life. And how the birth of Christ becomes more than just a holiday. It becomes a holy day. Not because it's December 25th. That's just simply when we celebrate. But because today, someday, someday in your life, Jesus has impacted you. You have met the living Christ. And there is evidence of the cradle in your life. Matthew tells the story of the wise men, and maybe we see some wisdom in our own lives. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, it's there that we read, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was to be born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. And we don't know much about these guys. We don't know much about these wise men. They show up. They're from the east. And all we know is that they saw His star and they, they followed it. They knew something special had happened and they came to worship. And at one point in our lives, somehow we managed to act with that kind of wisdom. At some point in our lives, we, we acted with that kind of wisdom. We looked to Jesus. We heard His story and we realized there is something special here. Something that we wanted to have part of in, in our own lives. And we came to Him. We confessed our need. We confessed our sin. We desired to worship just as the wise men desired to worship. And in that moment, Christ was born in us. We were born again. Where is He? We asked. We want to go to Him. We want to worship Him. But you know, even in the gifts of the Magi, it's there. You, you can see it. You can, you can smell it in the gifts of the Magi. Here they are. They, they bring these three gifts to this little baby. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They bring myrrh. Myrrh is a perfume that is used in embalming. It's not the kind of gift you bring to a birth. It's the kind of gift you bring to a death, to a burial. 
And so even here, even here at the cradle, the cross is present. Sense of the cross in your life and my life also. It's there in the temple. It's there in the temple uh, when he's eight days old. Now, now you and I in our culture, uh, circumcision in our culture is a medical procedure. It's performed in a hospital. It's performed in a room in the hospital tucked out of sight and actually out of sound uh, where doctors perform that procedure where the parents don't have to see or hear it. Uh, the doctors can work. But in that culture, in their culture, it was performed in the open. It was performed as part of worship. It was performed in the temple. It was performed there surrounded by, by family, surrounded by friends, and it marked that baby as being a child of Israel. It was a day of celebration. But if you listen, if you listen carefully, you hear it in the words of Simeon to Mary as the baby was presented that day. In Luke chapter 2, picking up in, in verse 34, Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. I wonder what those words felt like to Mary. I wonder how those words hit her that night. You think of those horrible situations, and, and some of us have been through those horrible times, but, but we all know someone who's, who's had one of those moments where the, the family's at the hospital and the, the doctors come and say, we're sorry, there's nothing we can do. Your, your baby is going to die. And we think about how that hits that family in that moment. We think about the shock. We think about the, uh, the, the grief, the, the immediate grief. I wonder what those words felt like to Mary. It, it might as well have been that a doctor had said to her, we're sorry, there's no cure. Your child is terminal. This is going to hurt you. The cross comes through very loudly in, that, in those words if, if you listen for it. The other day on Facebook, I, I shared a painting. It's an old painting by a man named William Holman Hunt. It's called The Shadow of Death. I put it up on the screen for you here. It, it's, it's an inter I love this painting. I, I don't, as I mentioned in, on Facebook, I don't care for a lot of pictures of Jesus. This one get, grips me. This one just amazes me every time I look. Jesus is young. He's, he's working in his carpenter shop in this painting, uh, and if you look closely, he's paused to stretch. You can imagine some of you hard-working people, you know, every now and then that, that moment of just pausing and stretching. He's paused to stretch, and there's Mary in the background. Zoom in a little bit for us. Mary in the background is, is looking, and she notices the shadow, and there on the shadow, stretched across his tools, a plum bob is hanging where his heart would be. There are nails. There are chains there. Uh, all of those tools which he used for his work, but tools also that would be used to torture him uh, on the cross. Mary notices the shadow of him stretched across, the, uh, across his tools. And then if you look down below, Mary is there in the corner as she's catching that glimpse. And she's opened up a chest, and inside that chest are the gifts of the Magi. Gold, 
frankincense, and myrrh. And we're reminded that the birth that we celebrate tonight is in the shadow of the cross. And because of that, the crown can also be seen. And the crown can be seen in your life. Uh, just as the crown is there in the Christmas story also. The Magi bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They bring gold. I mean, that's, that's a symbol of royalty. That's what you made the crowns out of, right? And they bring frankincense. Frankincense was a symbol of divinity. And it's there in the words of the angels, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. Peace. This is the one who will bring peace. To bring peace, you must conquer. He is the one who will bring peace. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the one who reigns in peace. We've taken an unusual approach to Christmas at Kansas Christian Church this year. We've looked at Christmas from the Gospel of Mark, which is not easy because Mark does not have a Christmas story. Mark tells us nothing about Jesus' birth. Mark doesn't tell us about a star. He doesn't tell us about shepherds and angels. He doesn't tell us about wise men. Instead, Mark picks up the story. He hits the ground running. He says, this is the Gospel of Jesus Christ the King. And he goes on and, and tells us his Gospel. There's, there are no wise men. There are no shepherds. There is no Jesus Little Lord Jesus, no crying He makes. Instead, Mark tells us in Mark chapter 15, just as he's drawing his Gospel to a close, he tells us in Mark 15, beginning in verse 16, and the soldiers led Him away inside the palace, that is the governor's headquarters. They called together a whole battalion. And they clothed Him in a purple cloak, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on him, and they began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews! And they were striking his head with a reed, and spitting on him, and kneeling down in homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple cloak, and put his own clothes on him, and they led him out to crucify him. That's the baby in the manger. That's the one whose love pierced Mary's heart and pierced her soul and pierced your heart and pierced mine. That's our King. Paul, when he's writing his final letter to his friend Timothy, Paul just maybe six months away from his own execution, six months away from his own death or so, Paul wrote these words to his friend Timothy as he looked ahead to, to his death. He wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, he said, Now there is in store for me a crown. There is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for His appearing. Where did Paul's crown come from? The hope that he had put in the One that he had placed his faith in. The trust he placed in Jesus Christ and His sacrifice on the cross, the same source for the crown that you and I will share, that crown that when we see Him face to face, we will fall down, we will throw it at His feet. It's always struck me as odd that this night, of all, of all nights, when we celebrate the birth of Christ, what do we do? We come to the table. We participate in a meal that reminds us of His death. We're reminded of His body 
broken, we're reminded of His blood shed, the cruel death of a cross, a death that saved all mankind. Whether we accept it or not, whether mankind accepts it or not, it's a death that He died for everyone. And we come tonight and are reminded that this baby whose birth we announce, this baby was born sentenced to death. This child will die. But because of that, billions will live. 